Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are tuned into Nickish. You got your boys Mo Faiz and Kunal. Sid uh, says his regards to the Heat after that L they took at the hands of your New York Knicks. Now, if you're watching these Knicks, you got to wear Nickish. And for a limited time, we're giving away exclusive Nickish pins with each order. So check it out on our website, nick-ish.com today, and cop yourself some gear. Now, bringing my guy Faiz. What's going on, bro? How you feeling? I'm back to life, baby. I was I was dead. I was dead games once before. I'm back. I'm I'm revived. They got the AED on me, the defibrillator, whatever. I'm I'm pumping, bro. Jalen Brunson himself came and gave me CPR, bro. I'm I'm bumping it alive. Let's go. Let's go to game six, baby. Let's go to fucking MSG South. Let's go to Miami. Let's show these fools what we're fucking about. So I'm talking about. So I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Kunal, how you feeling? I mean, I don't know how I could uh, follow that up because that's pretty much how I feel, uh, considering I, I've been working a lot and missing some of these games. Um, I was just mostly like in cruise control. I was just like, all right, the series is ending. Now I got a little life back in me. And after that five monologue, I got a lot of life back in me. So let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you all don't know, Kunal works at the hospital. He is on his way to, correct me if I'm wrong, you're on your way to an MD or you already got the MD. Got the MB doing my residency right now, hey. internal medicine. So if anyone has a heart attack in game six or seven, um, hit me up. I got you. Exactly why I have Kunal on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of heart attacks, if you guys were watching that game last night, you already felt the heart palpitations throughout that fourth quarter, throughout the game. It's just something that these Knicks do. And if you, if you figure after watching all these Knicks games that you get used to it, but it just gets worse, especially when the playoffs are here. The whole season is on the line, but the end result of last night was very different from what a lot of people thought. And the Knicks came away with the win. It's now three and two. Knicks have to take it to seven games. Game six is tomorrow uh, in Miami. So let's start off with you, Kunal. How you feeling after last night's game? I'm mixed right now. That's the best way I could put it. I'm um, half re- re- reinvigorated because. I mean, we got dogs on this team. We got Brunson playing 48, uh, Grimes. At the same time, that could come around and bite us in the ass tomorrow. So, um, but, you know, I'm looking at it like this right now. Uh, There's a lot of veterans on that team that are playing every other day, just like us. And, you know, father time doesn't wait for no one. So I'm kind of thinking they might start to burn out. I'm a little hopeful. Um, Let's see if we can carry that momentum into Miami, but it hasn't been good since, uh, you know, the last two games we played in Miami. So it really comes down to Randall and Tibbs, in my opinion. I would say if, if you had to, if I had to go, are we winning or losing? I would go with, uh, I'll be optimistic. I'll say we'll get the win. Okay. I think we're going to explore that a little bit. Cause I think from the entire Nick's team, Kunal is the least, favorite on or favors Randall the least from all of us here uh so I'm 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 interested in your takes on it but we'll get into that fight how you feeling from last night's game 
I mean, I'm just so glad we didn't do a pod after game four because you guys would have seen me down bad. Like after game four, I was despondent. Like I, I mean, I got into full cope mode. I started talking about how this season has been a success, you know, this, that. And like, obviously, like if we did a pod, I would come out like for the fans, for everyone. And just, you know, say the things that you have to be, that have to be said, like, you know, the, the series is not over. We have another game. Like, obviously as a, as a, as someone who's potting, as someone who's recording, like I have to show that for fans, but I'll be honest, like I'd be lying to myself <laughs> saying if I, be- if I genuinely believe that, cause I, I genuinely did it, but I'm just so glad that the Knicks didn't go out sad like that. Like just to see the fight in the team, I felt like it was such a good, it was such a good way to show what this season's Knicks were about. Cause we've come on the pod and said it so many different times when this team has their back against the wall, they always show up, showed up for us. And it was just so cathartic to have them literally back against the wall in New York and they showed up. And for all those Heat fans who were saying this would be a sweep if Jimmy Butler played those games, what's up now? Jimmy Butler played that game and your hero ain't show up. My hero showed up, Jalen Brunson, 48 minutes. Bam out of bio, stepped on his ankle. Caleb Martin stepped on his ankle. I ain't forget that. But he came through for us. So shout out Jalen fucking Brunson, the guy who we've been raving about for a year now. We've been on this pod pro Jalen Brunson from day one, day zero, before he was even on the Knicks. We've been so high on him. So I'm just so glad to see it pay off. And I'm so glad to see someone who represents New York so well, keeps his head down, keeps working, doesn't talk. He That's our guy. And I'm so excited to build around this guy. Guy, man. Lo- love what we're seeing from this team. That's a fact. That's all-star snub, Jalen Brunson. That's all-NBA snub, Jalen Brunson. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, the guy he cooked last last series, mm-hmm. made the all-NBA second team, I think, and yes, not, not a single site scene for Jalen Brunson. And that's, uh, you know, in his, the history books are going to show that that was a fucking big mistake because uh, the Jalen Brunson that we're seeing in the biggest stage right now is cooking left and right. And he is the biggest reason why the Knicks have made it to game six of the second round of the NBA NBA playoffs and going toe to toe with the heat. And I mean, with the, with these two squads, I think we can understand and agree that it's a very even matchup, um, different play styles, different players, but it's still a very even matchup. And what it comes down to are those unsexy stats, the, the number of rebounds, the number of turnovers and points off of turnovers. And we realized, especially when it came to game four, because I think the Knicks could have and probably should have, came out with a W in game four because they were out hustled and because they weren't, you know, doing what they usually do, uh, which is grab every rebound and, and outperform on, on the, uh, the 50, 50 balls. That's, that's something that the Knicks, that was their bread and butter throughout the season. And we saw it time and time again against the Cavs in that first round, Mitchell Robinson was getting rebounds over Jared Allen and, um, and Evan Mobley. But this time around, you know, these smaller guys were outplaying our guys. And that's the biggest reason why, we came out with the W. I mean, you know, ref issues aside, fouls aside, suspect plays aside, and ankle steps aside, we we took that and ate that L. But we turned it around in this game, and that's that goes to show what these 2023 Knicks players are. Like you said, buddies, I mean, backs against the wall, they coming out, and they're going to come out swinging. And we love to see them doing that at Madison Square Garden. They just need to come back down, go down to Miami, do the same thing again. And shout out to our guy, Jalen Brunson, 38 points, near triple-double, 48 minutes. And that's the first 
if I'm not mistaken, that's the first player since Stephon Marbury, first guard since Stephon Marbury, who played 48 minutes in a playoff game. And with him and Quentin Grimes, the other hero of last night's game, uh, first duo since 1972. I forgot who said it on TNC last night. Since 1972, I think it was Frazier and John Lucas, who were the last two guys fucking 51 years ago, played a duo playing 48 minutes, full end-to-end court. And uh, these guys are the biggest reason why we got we got the W last night, and it feels feels great. Yeah, and real quick to your point, like you mentioned Clyde Frazier. Like, I believe someone told me that night, it was like 51 years ago, he was playing the Lakers in the finals, and he played those 48 minutes. And it's crazy to see it come from our point guard, who, like, we haven't had a player this impactful and meaningful to what it means to be a a New Yorker, what it means to be a Nick, and really represent that. So, like, you know, seeing Clyde at that game, seeing him in his street clothes, Watching that, not as a broadcaster, seeing John Starks on the sideline, like this is what it's all about. Like seeing John Starks hype up, John Starks hype up, hype up um, Jalen Brunson, hype up RJ. Like this is what it's all about to be a Nick fan. And I've seen a lot of Heat fans come out and say, oh, what are you guys talking about? What is this New York culture that you're representing? You guys haven't done shit in Mad Long. The New York culture is what you guys have been jacking for the last 20 something odd years once Pat Riley left the Knicks. He took that culture to the heat, and I respect it. What you guys have done there is legit. But the Knicks are coming back for their culture, and they're about to prove what we're all about, what we've been about. That identity runs through and courses through the veins of New Yorkers. Like, that's not a Miami thing. Miami fans are the most front-running fans I have ever seen. Like, these guys were on begging to be, begging for their team to be in the in the lottery, Knicks fans don't, like, it, my personal experience with real Knicks fans, we don't do that. We always just want that little chance, and we'll fight with it. So, shout out to this team for representing. I know I've said it multiple times, but I'm just so proud to to wake up and be a New Yorker and be a New York Knicks fan. Like, it, it, it means so much more wearing New York on your chest after a game like that. Yeah, I mean, you said it. New York may be the New York City may be the biggest city out there, but don't get it twisted. This is an underdog story. These Knicks players, they are all underdogs, and they've they've taken that to heart. And us fans, we see it. We've seen it game after game after game that they fucking work. They will out hustle you. And uh, we got heroes. I mean, that's that's at the end of the day, we got some heroes on this team. One legged play, that Quentin Grimes play, mm-hmm. we're Shout gonna remember him, that man. for years. That's not something you see every day where a man gets fucking trampled. Possibly hyperextended his knee, gets right back up, goes toe-toe with your best player who thinks he got fucking, you know, barbecue chicken right in front of him and just swipes the ball, takes it off his fucking hands. That's Quentin Grimes. 48 minutes playing time, Quentin Grimes. And that's not a player that a lot of a lot of casual fans know. And to do it on this stage on TNT, Knicks players, that's that's our shit. That's our guy. That was that was to Friday's point. That that play was culture, New York culture in one play right there. I mean, I was hyped after that, and, and you know, he's the kind of this is the, like Quentin Grimes. No one really knows about him outside of New York, like you said, but everyone would love him on their team. That's the kind of guy he is, and I'm just happy to see that he's uh he's he's looking better, maybe getting his rhythm. But man, like when 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 you pair that with Brunson when you pair that with uh even Robinson like uh with his with he, I don't even want to say it's cockiness he was confident he made those free throws talked about it after all of that is what Knicks fans love you know even if we lose they just want to see that and that's what we're seeing again in what maybe 23 years I mean I guess you could count the mellow year but 
this team is different than that, man. Yo, and I'll go as far as to say, like, the Dan Levitard show, a, a Miami-known show, they went as far to say, like, Quentin Grimes? Like, after game four, they're like, oh, that's the Knicks adjustment? That's who you guys have been clamoring for, Quentin Grimes? Yeah, that's who we've been clamoring for. And he showed why we've been clamoring for him. And if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I'm coming into that locker room, and I'm putting that video on the big screen, showing everyone in the locker room, this is what we're about. This is what we want to come out and show the effort in game six. Uh, in game six, because I really feel like We've seen Miami, and I feel like I, I have to give a little respect to Miami because we did earlier when we did the, the pre-series uh, pod with Mo. Um, it feels like the Knicks are looking into a mirror of a team that's uh, a little bit more uh, experienced in the, in the same department. But you're seeing them, like, die for loose balls. Like, guys like Kyle Lowry, like, you know, really fighting for it. And I feel like I haven't seen that from the Knicks team, but I feel like... That happening at the end of fourth quarter with Quentin Grimes, that's something you move off of. That's momentum. And again, if I'm Tom Thibodeau, that's what I'm showing in the locker room to hype my guys up and be like, yo, we can do this. We can do this. And, you know, on the point of the Dan Levitard show, real quick, I'm going to shout out my guy Taylor. He's been he's been getting violated down there in Miami, going out there mm-hmm. in the Jalen Brunson jersey outside of Miami mm-hmm. Stadium. But, yo, shout out to you, Taylor, because – you rep in New York, man. Like, I, I just want to stand for him real quick just because I feel like everyone's been shitting on him. Man, shout out to you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I, I want to ask Kunal this question because I know you're not the biggest Thibodeau uh, you know, advocate. I'm not saying we are either. But when you see two guys playing 48 minutes, uh, two of the most important players, and arguably, and definitely the most important player in Jalen Brunson, what goes through your head? Do you are you in agreement with it? Do you think maybe D Rose or Deuce McBride should have gotten five or ten minutes just to let Brunson get a breather? What do you what, what was going through your mind when he when you knew that Brunson and Grimes were both going to play beginning to end? Yesterday, I didn't mind, I, and I knew that it was going to end up being like that when he uh, Brunson was starting the second quarter and never went out. Um, it was desperation mode. You got to do what you got to do. You know, it's it's either you win or you go home. So I, I can't blame Tibbs for for not putting in deuce and risking it, not putting in rows and risking. It. Those are the kinds of things that you want to see in the regular season or maybe in a, you know, you're tied in the series and one of your guys needs rest and he's a little nicked up. But last night, um, you know, he had to do what he had to do. Like, how can you get mad at that? And it paid off. Uh, now, what I hope is he knows that Brunson and Grimes played 48 minutes yesterday. So he doesn't, um, he doesn't go all out tomorrow. Maybe they got a little game plan. I don't know. We'll see. But like, uh, they definitely can't go full four quarters tomorrow. I mean, game game plan might just be, yo, Jalen, you, you play the whole game, man. Like what, what better game plan is there than Brunson being on the court the entire game? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks like he's invincible at this point. Dude doesn't get tired, doesn't stop driving. Um, he's breaking defenses, blown by people at minute 45, minute, minute 46. Like, you know, he's the kind of guy. What I hope they do is show his film nonstop at whatever they're doing today and tomorrow. Don't be practicing. I don't really want them any more tired than they are. But um, you can't be on this team seeing that happen and then not go out and give your your 100%, 110% effort. I don't want to hear any excuses for Randall. I don't want to hear any excuses about his injury. Nothing. Because if, if anyone's been injured, it's Brunson. I mean, he's been around the clock treatment, they're saying. 
Um, I just can't, uh, I, I can't give excuses to any of these guys because this is the playoffs. Every team has nicked up players. So, you know, whatever ends up happening, I just, even if we lose, which is very possible, um, I just want to see that these guys go out and give the same energy they gave yesterday. Not Randall. The <laughs> same energy Randall gave in the second half. <laughs> Let me clarify. I don't know. For me, Randall, that second half, at third quarter aside, he was he was incredible that third quarter. He was definitely lighting it up. That fourth quarter, he, it looked like he got fatigued. It looked like he just wasn't going for the ball, except for that very last play where Mitch, I think, Mr. Mr. Free throw and then he got the rebound, got the last two points, which was definitely one of the top plays of the game. But it looked like for a while there in the last five to seven minutes of, of the of the game, he was getting gassed out, not going for the rebounds. Bam got a dunk on him. He Randall didn't even jump. And uh, you know, that aside, it's it's like a minor point that I don't even want to really dive into because the Knicks got the win. He got one of the last few points in the game and he he played a lot better this time around than he did in the previous game. But like I feel like that can't always be the footnote for Randall. It can't be, well, he finally got his mind right and they played well. He finally hustled and now they play well. I mean, like, go figure. Where Randall has his mind right, There's they play well. Just, been, just, just always, always been keep your head on straight, bro. Like, you, like, Randall's a great player. He's an excellent player. He's all NBA with Julius Randall for a good reason. We hyped him up all season for a reason. He's He can be that guy. He can be that second banana to Jalen Brunson as long as he just doesn't lack an effort. And game four, we saw him kind of coming apart there where he started complaining to the refs, where he stopped getting all the rebounds and missing shots. And, and, and you know, in this game, he went to the line 10 times. And mm-hmm. if we did do a pod, and this is going to sound like I'm LeBron, like fucking making shit up, but I was going to say, <laughs> if, you know, if Randall gets to the line 10 times, we can get this W because that means he's not, he's not settling for shots. And that's exactly what he did in this game. You know, shot wasn't going in. He got to the line and, you know, even in our last episode, when we were talking about, you know, our predictions, I mentioned Randall uh, is going to be key because he needs to put pressure on the refs. Cause we know Jimmy Butler is going to do that. We need Randall on our side to be driving in and putting pressure on the refs, getting to the line and getting these easy, you know, money free throws. And that's what he did last night. And that helped us with the W. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Randall's stat line, like maybe if you didn't watch the game, you'll see that stat line. Like, what is everyone complaining about? Like, what's so crazy? Because, man, he shot seven for 13 from the field, four four for seven from the three, like five assists, five rebounds, a steal. Like, that's what you're asking for. That's what you're looking for in a closeout game like this. But I'm I'm totally with you guys. Like, the the effort's got to be there. And it's really frustrating to see that it's only there when he chooses for it to be there or when it really like matters or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But a uh, real quick to your guys point about uh, uh, Jalen Brunson playing the next 48 in, in the next game. Listen, when Steve Nash did it with Kevin Durant in the series against the Bucks, that's how it got to the game seven. Like Kevin Durant was playing 48 minutes. Like it was, it was real important. And, you know, I feel like this is a testament to the relationship that Tom Thibodeau and Jalen Brunson have together. Cause it'd be one thing if Tom Thibodeau was like, yo, and this is a Tom Thibodeau special. We've seen him do it with Jimmy Butler. You got to go out there and play the 48 minutes. We need you. But I feel like Jalen Brunson came out and said, coach, I'm playing 48 minutes. Don't take me out of this game. So it's a testament to, to them being in the, uh, in the same page on the same page and like really executing this game plan. And I'm with you guys, man. He, he's got to probably play another full 48 shout out to you, Jalen Brunson. I if I physically could, I would give you my entire legs so you could play. Not that they're good legs, but I'll give it to you. Man. Like, 
What do you mean? My tendons, my patel, whatever. It's yours. It's yours, Jalen. Like, I'm with you. He's not coming. I, even saying what I said, that he needs a break, I don't think he's going to take one. And it's not that Tibbs isn't going to give him one. That's just how, to your point, that's how he is. And it's another do or die game. So he'll, he'll, he'll be looking forward to like having two days of rest if they win. That's, that's how his mind works. You know, he's not, he's not worried about. He's locked in. He's yeah. locked in. You can see Jalen yeah. Brunson is locked the fuck in. Like I, my favorite thing about him is he's not quiet, but he's not like coming out saying some great, like it's, it's just like the generic, you know, got to put the work in blah, blah, blah. But he lets the game do the talking for him. Like so much respect to that. Like love that. Love that so much. Just yeah. a quick side note. It's funny because he gives like those politically correct kind of answers that are boring, but that's just who he is. <laughs> like you, I, and I did not know that it's until Jalen being Jalen. Yeah, yeah, it's just him. It's just him. <laughs> he's not used to the spotlight like this. Now he's getting it, and it's like, and that's the crazy it. thing. Like he is that player that's tailor made to join our team at this time in history to be that guy to lead the team, and no, no, no drama. Uh, and born bona fide winner. I mean, he won in college. He knows what it takes to win, and he's gonna do it with heart and integrity, and be have like fucking. I was say do be the heart of a lion, but that's yeah. That's, you know, real quick, shout out Jay Wright. He the, his coach. He was at the mm-hmm. game, and Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson was embracing him after you know in the locker room and whatnot. Like that must have been an amazing moment because I heard. I think Josh Hart was saying on the JJ Reddick thing that uh, on the pod that uh, Jay Wright hasn't been to a Knicks game yet to see them. And poor Josh Hart, he didn't really get a show out while his coach was out there. But hey, a, a W is a W, man. Josh Hart was he still he still comes out with the W at the end of that. So shout out to Jay Wright. Shout out to Villanova. <laughs> Let's talk about Josh Hart since you bring it since you bring it up. Are you do you guys have any concerns for Josh Hart after the last two games? Do you I don't have any that, concerns. No, I think he's spot, gonna be spotlight a, issues or anything like that. Or yes, yeah. whatever it was, I think that he is gonna be an X factor in tomorrow's game. I think he's Miami's not ready to see him kind of him and Grimes balance minutes again. And if we go that route and he plays like the Josh Hart that we know who he is, um, I think he could be a very, very impactful uh, rotation piece tomorrow night. So I'm not too worried about what, what what's going on. Like he's he's of that same Villanova mentality. You know, whatever whatever happened, happened now. Um, he's seeing what Brunson is doing also. I just can't see him uh, letting it linger into the next game. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I've loved what Tibbs has done with Josh Hart in general. I know some of it was he was forced to because of the three early fouls, and that that flagrant was bullshit. That was the most bullshit flagrant I have ever seen. It's it's sickening to see that in the same series that Caleb Martin flagrant and that Josh Hart flagrant is on the same level, basically, where Caleb Martin stepping on Brunson purposely and Josh Hart didn't do anything intentional to it was a closeout. It was like it was just a closeout. What anyway, whatever. Um, I like how Tibbs has been balancing the minutes a lot. I like that it's Grimes and Hart or Grimes and RJ. You cannot play Josh Hart and RJ at the same time. Play styles too similar. It's like because then you have four guys who like to get downhill. We we know Miami knows that Josh Hart doesn't want to shoot the three. He's always pump faking and uh, and trying to take it to the rim. RJ's kind of similar. Randall's kind of similar. Jalen Brunson's kind of similar. And I think when you have Grimes and, and Jalen Brunson out there, especially when Jalen's shooting the three the way he is. I'm not concerned about Josh Hart. I think he's going to give impactful minutes. What I want to see more from him is more of that Hartenstein type of heart where grabbing the offensive rebound. And Josh Hart did have an important offensive rebound in the fourth quarter. That's what I want to see more from him than anything. And there's still 
they're still biting on his pump fakes. Like, I don't know how you're still biting on Josh Hart pump fakes. Like, he he hates shooting threes. Like, you can just tell he does not want to shoot a three. So, I, if they're still biting on the pump fake, it's it's nice to see him out there just, you know, making an impact. Yeah, I mean, he's crucial. And we know Tibbs originally thought that RJ and Hart was the move and starting a lineup, but then he, he learned from his mistake, made the adjustment. We see Grimes back in the starting lineup now that he's – you know, back from injury and Hart is that guy who's necessary. I think he's going to be crucial. I, it worked out last night, but we can't think that Josh Hart not playing is going to suddenly mean that we're just going to keep on winning the same way. I mean, he's another ball handler. He's a guy who can create his own shot. He gives the energy. He gives Brunson confidence. There's so many reasons to love Josh Hart. I mean, we, we've been watching this guy for the last half season. So every reason why we love Josh Hart is every reason why we need him to play tomorrow and not have the rest fuck him over. I mean, you know, Hart did make a lot of mistakes yesterday and it happens, you know, I mean, we, again, we came away with the W, so it doesn't really matter, but he needs to learn from that. And, uh, you know, he needs to play his part and guard Jimmy Butler that, and, and the way they guarded Jimmy Butler yesterday, I'm kind of, you know, moving in a different direction here, but the way they guard Jimmy Butler last night was different. And um, if you just look at the number of three point attempts he had, it was zero. Butler attempted zero threes last night. They're all, two-point shots, mid-range shots, and it's because they stopped doubling him. Um, They decided to go one-on-one. Grimes guarded him for most of the game. RJ at some points. RJ got that block on him, and they decided to not double up on on Butler, and Jimmy Butler, to me, is still one of the scariest players in the playoffs. He He just turned on. He turns it on, and not to say he's he's basically a top three NBA player in the playoffs, and you know that would be gassing a little bit, but that's the way no, I feel. No, I think you're, I think I think you could go further. I think you could say top yeah. two, man. Besides like Devin Booker, he's been on both sides of the ball. Maybe not this specific series because we've seen other exactly. guys step up, but and that's what I'm saying. Like the Milwaukee series, Butler, and this series, Butler is a little different because now Butler came away with an injury, so he's not playing at that high level. And I don't want to jinx it for tomorrow, but. I think the Knicks have noticed and realized that. So now they're playing him a little differently. Tibbs made that adjustment. And now because they're playing him one-on-one, all of these three-point shots are not wide open anymore. They they shot poorly last night, the three-point shot game four, the heat shot lights out. And, you know, all those three-point shots meant more rebounds. Two guys aren't on Butler. It's more guys available to cast a rebound. The Knicks won the rebound game. So, you know, that little adjustment right there, not little, but that adjustment right there just paid two, threefold, you know, and in, in the Knicks getting the rebounds and being able to guard a three-point shot better. And, um, I mean, that that credit goes to goes to Grimes and Barrett, who we haven't dived deep into. But any any thoughts on on the Butler defensive schemes? Uh, uh, real quick, I'm just going to credit Tom Thibodeau because I feel like we've been hammering and, and bugging him. And, like, you know, every game we're seeing him develop and grow as a coach. And it's crazy to see someone his age still develop and someone who's so ignorant the way he is and like, you know, stuck in his ways the way he is. Um, I feel like he had some in-game adjustments that I liked. And I feel like his hand was forced a little bit with that Josh Hart, um, uh, the fouls early. That's why they had to go to Grimes, who, by the way, when is when he's guarding Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler shooting 30% in the series, by the way. But uh, it, it was definitely forced. But I will also say... In the second half, Josh Hart didn't come back for a while. Like, Tibbs usually would go back to Josh Hart real quick. And I really respected that in-game adjustment, noticing that, hey, maybe Josh Hart isn't what we need for this. And I'm hoping the next game, 
it's like a similar balance where if Joshua has it going on and he's like doing his job, keep him out there. Like this isn't supposed to be something that we set in stone before the game. The defensive scheme against Butler isn't something that needs to be set in stone before the game. This is something I want to see Tibbs develop as the game goes by because that's the thing Eric Spolster does and that's how Mm -hmm. they've been winning these games. And if if Tibbs has unlocked that, man, see you in New York for game seven. (laughs) (laughs) The thing with the thing with Tibbs is, um, and I've always said this, and you got, I mean, everyone knows this. He's like a panic coach. Like anytime something gives him any reason to to be fearful, uh, he will revert to his old habits. And and I was hoping we would see him be as flexible as he was in the Cavs series earlier in the Miami series. Um, you know, I I'm not with Faiz a hundred percent where I want to give him credit because he waited till the game five to really do anything right, different, right, right. but. Uh, he is doing it. I want to see him keep doing things like that in game adjustments, defensive scheme changes, all that. But, um, you know, I saw a tweet before the series and it was, it said something like Tibbs has Spolstra as PTSD and he knows how scary Butler can be. And if there was ever like a clear example of his panicked coaching, it was the first four games of this series because of those reasons. And and he might still be thinking back to those Bulls days when, when he was uh, going up against Spo. So, um yeah i mean i just want to see it uh, again tomorrow and um right. hopefully again monday so let's see yeah. what happens and on that conversation about minutes i mean randall played under 36 minutes last night while two players played 48 minutes i mean third most fourth most minutes in in yesterday's game and he let ob go for 12 minutes in a in a pivotal decision in that second quarter ob was the I'm not going to say the main driving force, but he really set the tone and the Knicks gained that comeback. They're down eight points within a couple of minutes. They're up eight points. And that really had to do with Obi Toppin coming in and just being a gazelle on the court, just running everywhere, catching rebounds. I mean, in 12 12 minutes, he got got more rebounds than Randall in like a third Mm -hmm. of the minutes. Um, He really did set that tone. He set that tone. He got everyone re-energized. I mean, after the Knicks were down 10 points in the first quarter, you're like, ah, oh, shit, here we go again. Like, this is just a continuation mm-hmm. of game four. But Obi came in, turned everything around, only took three attempts, but that that alley-oop was pivotal. That got Brunson going. RJ started shooting lights out. And, you know, that, that credit, I mean, I wish Obi came back in a little earlier, but Randall had that crazy third quarter, so I'm not I'm not too mad. Um, but that, that minute distribution, the pace. The- the pace minute distribution too, but the pace was what um, really Tibbs took advantage of the fatigue that I was talking about before. Like these guys are gonna get tired, just like our guys. So put our young guys out there, do some run and gun. Like keep keep doing the things that you know are actually working. You know, no more going back to the old stuff. It's a cheat code, and that's what they did mm-hmm. against Cleveland. And the moment Obi and IQ came into the court, that's an easy 10, 20 points oh, right IQ. then and there. And everybody else on the other is like, yo, what the fuck do we do? They don't even get a moment to set their defense up because Obi's running. IQ is running and gunning. And it's just a beautiful sight to see. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the the total bench points at the end of the day doesn't give credit. I mean, obviously, Josh Hart only played nine minutes. He's usually the one who would be carrying the bench scoring. But, you know, Obi having two points, Isaiah Hardenstein having four points. Like, I feel like it doesn't give credit to how impactful they were in the game, especially like Isaiah Hardenstein. Like, that putback that he had off that RJ miss, that moment when I watched that live was I felt like my body was being ascended to the heavens, bro. Seeing mm-hmm. the gravity RJ Barrett, Barrett had going to the rim, get it, grabbing two defenders, grabbing Butler coming up and leaving that open for Harnstein to get that put back. That was, that was one of the most beautiful moments. And it, I feel like it brought everything together in terms of 
the the step that RJ, the leap that RJ has made in this playoff series. And, you know, shout out to Schwinn. I saw him saying it uh, uh, over uh, on his Twitter. He was saying like this RJ leap, the thing that feels sustainable about it is it's not like he's shooting lights out from three or shooting crazy from the field or anything. His decision-making has just been phenomenal. And it really feels like this can be carried on. And it's so nice to see. And this is why fans are always saying you want to play the playoffs. You don't want to tank because the, like you would never get this opportunity. You would never get the chance, the chance for the game to slow down the way it has for RJ Barrett. And, you know, now when RJ inevitably has that shooting slump or, you know, that slump in the middle of the year that he, on the beginning of the year that he usually has, you have something to look at and be like, Hey, just be patient. He's still getting it together. Like believe in this guy and hype, hype, hype. And it's a complete mirror, not mirror image. It's the opposite of what it was two years ago when we saw the best of the Knicks in the regular season and some of the worst of the Knicks in the playoffs. And right now we're seeing multiple players playing their best basketball in the playoffs. Elevated. Un- unprecedented. It's unexpected. RJ bear really stepping up. I think four out of the five games in the series, he scored 20 plus points. And you say he's not shooting lights out. I, I beg to differ. I think he's score. I think he's averaging 40% from the three. I think no, he's, he's scored- doing great. He's doing I think he scored three straight. I think he's, I think he's, he dropped three threes in the last three games, some some shit like that. No, he's doing and, fantastic. I, I just mentioned yeah. more like it seems more sustainable. Like it's not yes. like. And the best part of it is that fourth quarter, the last couple of minutes when RJ Bear and Mitchell Robinson are on the line and Mitch dropped the free throws. I'm he so said, fuck it, I got this. It. One out of two, it's okay. It's okay. So got us that, that, that two possession game. That's all we needed. And he came through and he stepped up big time since the previous game. And RJ Barrett fucking ice in his veins did not feel the pressure went into the line and got his free throws as well i mean how many free throws did he get last night he got he was seven of eight from the free throw line rj bear was not a good free throw shooter this season or any season but it doesn't matter because these are the playoffs and our players have come to play i know mitchell robinson ended up 50 percent from the free throw which is his average but that does not give credit to the the impact and and the meaning of the timing of the free throws. Cause we saw the hack Mitch come out. And when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, like not this right now, put hard sign in the game. I know the defense falls off, but uh, uh, you know, shout out to Mitch. First of all, his defense in this game was, I felt impeccable. Like it felt like more of the Cavs shades of the Cavs series. And that, that Mitchell Robinson that we've been like saying, like this is probably one of the best centers in the East, obviously outside of Giannis and Joel Embiid, but you know, uh, like compared to the, the guys who were his contemporaries, like Grant, uh, no time Lord, like, uh, Robert Williams and whatnot, where people were saying he's better than him, but it seemed like, you know, Mitchell Robinson was stepping up. Shout out, big, big shout out to him for being giving the biggest fuck you to Eric Spolstra by hitting those free throws. And shout out to the Garden for erupting. I know a lot of Miami fans were like, oh my God, that's your guys' biggest moment, Mitchell Robinson hitting free throws? Yeah, because we stand by our players and we know what the fuck they're capable of. And seeing him do that when we felt like he wasn't capable of it, shout out to Mitch, man. Shout out to Money Mitch. I loved his post game conference. <laughs> he's hilarious. Yeah, he, and like he's he's he's, they they he's funny it. as fuck, man. <laughs> they they don't get the connection with that the fans have with Mitchell Robinson, but because he's I think he's the longest tenured Nick right now. Yeah, this yeah. is his fourth or fifth season, and he we're seeing him grow every year, and we saw him being a second round draft pick to really step it up to another level. Um, and bro, he fans are still trying to trade Bam out of bio, bro. Like, think about that for a second. A guy they drafted who was probably like 14th or 15th, a guy they've developed who's like constantly in the defensive player of the year conversation, offensively sound. We can see how he's good. 
amazing at setting screens, like a fantastic screen setter. Obviously, a lot of dirty screens, don't get me wrong, but the fact that he's getting away with it means he has some sort of intelligence to be able to get away with stuff. A lot of them were just bad calls from the reps because we're seeing his legs spread out as if like he's about to do a splits and that's not called a moving screen. That's not called a, you know illegal screen or whatever. But like he fans are trying to trade Bab out of bio, their homegrown talent. Like every time like anything comes up for any trade, the Heater like trade Tyler Hero and like three first round, like a, a, a one first round pick for X player here. So I don't ever want to hear anything for Heat fans about uh like you know standing for their players and room for them. You guys only fuck with Jimmy Butler because he's playing like out of his mind, or else you guys, you guys would probably run him out of your town too. Non-LeBron players, you guys would run him out. Fuck, fuck Heat fans, bro. Fucking sick and tired of you guys. Yo, we did not culture. We did not forget that second play-in game when they were about to get eliminated. There was like maybe forty percent fans in attendance. All right, now these are the same guys that are talking about. Oh, we always believed in this team. Give me a break. <laughs> let me let me I'm one not- up you there. Let me one up you there. These are the same Heat fans who walked out before Ray Allen hit that shot. And they're talking yeah. about Knicks and an NBA walk- Finals yeah. game. Game yep. six, they walked out there. Yo, Ray Allen got the ball. They're all trying to come right back in. About With to LeBron the game. Like, and D Wade on, on your team, I would like nah. mm-hmm. you're leaving. Heat to fans walk- are some of the worst. Ever since that game, like yo, these these guys suck. Front runners, front runners. You guys like the only the culture that they, uh, respect to the Heat organization as fans. I cannot stand Heat fans, bro. They're the most front running, like I'd say it's it's like the Warriors, but like the Warriors actually have genuine fans too in their fan base. I don't think the Heat fans have any like genuine fans in, in their fan base at all. It, it feels so so inorganic. And you know, they're quoting like a hundred percent attendance rate, bro. Like 50% of those are Knicks fans. What are you guys talking about? hundred percent attendance rate. It's all Knicks fans, so yeah, okay, good for you guys. Like <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't you gonna go to that heat game the other day? Yeah, so I can give a big fuck you to Jimmy Butler. You gonna take that flight out there to watch the Knicks play? Oh, thank God I didn't. Thank God I didn't do that. I gotta. I got. I got to stay in my city and watch them lose instead. (laughs) Oh, that that podcast would have been hilarious. (laughs) You see me come back with a fucking burnt tan and shit. Like, hey guys, Uh, guess the Knicks lost two in Miami. But, you know, to to your guys' point about losing two in my like, you know, talking about losing two in Miami, I feel like the Knicks are due, man. Like, I, I know this game, this upcoming game seems like a really daunting task, but you lost two in Miami. You've been able to, like, it's not like the fans are going to rattle you out of that building or anything, you know? So you have a lot of Knicks fans standing by you, and I'm sure Knicks fans are still going to want to buy tickets to be at this pivotal game. Shout out to the, the Knicks fans out in Florida and the retirement homes and whatnot. But you know, like <laughs> this is, this is a, a definitely a winnable game in terms of, you know, the crowd and whatnot. And like Miami's not shooting crazy from three. Like if they have another bad game from three, like they've been lights out through the buck series and, you know, the early half of this series, I feel like the Knicks are due for a win in Miami. And I feel like they're due for another bad performance from the, the heat in terms of three. And I feel like the Knicks are due for a good performance in, in terms of three. So hopefully that could be a recipe to get them to game seven, man. I'm, I'm really hoping. Pressure's on Miami, man. The pendulum has swung. So let's see what happens. You know, game game five win was was crucial in, in how it's going to affect Miami's psyche. Like we've seen this in other series all the time. Um, I'm not saying it's going to go to game seven for sure, but now we are playing on house money and they have everything to lose. So I will say like the Miami players and the organization in general, give me this vibe of like, 
they don't really get rattled or shook by anything. But I will also say if the pendulum swings and it goes to game seven, the pressure will be beyond immense uh, on that Miami team because their fans, their front-running fans, have been talking so much shit about the Knicks. They might have been checks that their their team might not be able to cash at the end of the day. So let's see how that works out. Yeah. Um, Knicks play the Heat tomorrow night in Miami. Friday night Knicks. <laughs> take take with that as you Shout will. Shout out I'm not to Robert none. Randolph. Not gonna say none. <laughs> Yo, if it, uh, if any if any Knicks fans are gonna be part of that watch party at MSG, I'm I'm gonna be out there. So if you're wearing Nickish, you know, come come shout, come say what's up to your boy. You know, shout shout out to you guys, sir. And like. I, I know last night when they won the game, I'm like, yo, at least at least we're not gonna come away with the job and sweep and all that. But like, I I don't want to think I don't want to have that mentality anymore. I want to take this as a series for us. That's ours to win now. We we got the momentum, like you guys said, and it's we got we got to take it all the way to Miami and put the pressure on them. And I think it's there. And uh, similar game strategy needs to have the in game adjustments, and we just have to have some trust in our team. And I and they have been able to pull pull it together time and time again and uh i if you go back they'll be able to do it listen if we go back a few episodes um we're before the playoffs started right what is the one thing sid said we all agreed with it was that if there's one thing this team has shown it's it's bouncing back after (laughs) literally like bad losing streaks then a huge winning streak if this is an extension or, or just another example of that and that's how this series finished with us winning. I would not be surprised. I would not be shocked. But at the same time, I would be because, I mean, these guys, it, it, Brunson could put the fear of God in them tomorrow and then everything can change. So we've seen it before. They have One no game answer time, for Brunson. Right? Yeah, no, they've had five games in a row. We kind of have an answer for Butler. Well, they have they've had zero answer for Jalen Brunson. They have 48 minutes last night to figure it out. They had no idea what to do. The man dropped almost 40 points on them and has been the best player of this series so far. Even if it's three two, they have been the best team. Uh the he has been the best player of the series. And they I hope he's been in the ice bath since uh, last night. That's all I'm saying. I, I just hope they 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 make his defensive assignment just just a little easier. I feel like they keep putting him on Max Struess, who's just a little bigger of a guy, and it makes it a little tougher on him. I think put him on Gabe Vincent. We're seeing Gabe Vincent not playing like amazing. Like I could be wrong, and he's due for a game. But you know, let him let him chill a little bit on Gabe Vincent and whatnot. And uh, I think they should their focus should be on guys like Duncan Robinson because you know he clearly had it going from three. And I, you know part of that's probably a game plan from Tibbs to let Duncan Robinson shoot the three. But uh, you know tighten up on him, tighten up on Kyle Lowry a little bit like Kyle Lowry's not looking to shoot the three so you know like just just be aware be aware of what you're seeing through the series like it it, it, it shouldn't be impossible it, 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 this isn't like a it's, a it's a daunting task don't get me wrong but it shouldn't be impossible yeah I would love to make uh Lowry a non-factor I'm so sick of him shout out to RJ yesterday Gave him a uh, of yo, medicine. Uh, I feel that like RJ yeah. lived up to the Broadway Barrett. He was selling some of those calls, man. Shout out to him. He was he was doing tumbles and turns. I was like, yeah, you know what, RJ? You taking classes? And I, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it. You got you got to do it. And you know, as much as we're hating on the Heat for the the calls they're getting and stuff, 
this is stuff that they do. This is what they do, like learning how to get away with getting, like not getting these calls and whatnot. I hope that the Knicks can one day embody a similar culture, like getting away with stuff like that, because it's hard-nosed play. And it's just, it just doesn't represent Miami as a city. It represents New York as a city more. Mm-hmm. And I hope we can take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome seeing our baby boy fucking grow to a, a star in front of our eyes. It. He's playing like yeah, a star. Like. In, in every way. I mean, he's showing lights out. He's got the encore antics. He He's blocking Jimmy Butler. Post-game, yo, post-game, what he did yeah. with Randall, that got me so hyped. Like, <laughs> I know everyone hates Randall and whatnot, but when they gave him the All-NBA, you see RJ with the money size, mm. that got me hyped up. <laughs> I go <can't> lie. <laughs> it's nice to see them have a little fun and smile. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Feels like it's been years. <laughs> Bro, after that Game 4 press conference, like we didn't even talk about that, man. I don't want to talk about it, but like... After that, like it's it's nice to see the Knicks get a well deserved pat on the back for, you know, what's been thus far an amazing, a fantastic season and a season that, inshallah, inshallah will continue. Uh, God, whatever Kunal please, says, <laughs> inshallah for us. Inshallah, it says. is man. We're going with it. <laughs> All right. I mean, hey, if if the. There might be an episode on Saturday. Depends on how tomorrow night goes. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say what what has to happen. There might be an episode. Might might be. Might not be. We'll have see. to do one anyway, right? We'll if you lose or yeah. win, we got to like wrap up the series, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can't, uh, we, we can't duck the press conferences, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you guys checking out this episode, of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish NYC. Subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms and check out our website. Grab some Nickish gear today. Uh, all, all purchases come with a free and exclusive Nickish pin for a very, very limited time. You know, only got a couple of days left for you to get that free pin. You know what I'm saying? So copiers today, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's go Knicks, man. Tomorrow night, let's see, let's see how it goes. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Let's go Knicks. Let's go.